Welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Hume, and I'm here to take you through the very latest news and views, hints, tips, and tricks to help you on your property journey. Hello and welcome back yet again. Here we are on the 23rd of September 2022 in the morning at 8.30, just before the announcements that are coming through from our new Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng about what's going to happen with the mini budget. It's not being called that, I don't think, but it is nonetheless one of the most significant announcements we've heard from the government since Thatcher, possibly, with the amount of radical changes that are being mooted ahead of his announcement. One of the things that falls into that and of interest to us, all of us here at the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast is obviously the fact that they're talking about changes to stamp duty and how that might impact the market. You know, I always say interest rates are one side of the property market, but of course, balancing that, the government can make moves which can lead to different circumstances in the market. So what we need to know, for instance, is are the new stamp duty reliefs going to be permanent? Are they going to be time limited? If you time limit something in the property market, it tends to lead to a bit of a bubble and then bust. Um, so I'm hoping that these are fixed measures. And one of the measures appears to be that for first time buyers, they're going to increase the rate before they have to pay stamp duty, which I think is a great thing. Here in London at the moment, uh, many first time buyers are wanting to buy at above the rate that they can actually get relief on the stamp duty from. And so this would be great news for the property market. It would stimulate the bottom of the market. And one of the things about the UK property market is if you can't stimulate the bottom of the market, the rest of the market will struggle because unless that first time buyer buys the flat, that flat buyer can't buy the garden flat and that garden flat buyer can't buy the house. So it really is a log jam and many first time buyers need a bit of a confidence boost, especially amongst such a difficult interest rate backdrop. And I should add, this is not financial advice. We do wholeheartedly recommend that if you're thinking of refinancing or getting a mortgage for the first time, that you seek out an independent financial advisor and go on the web, do a search, make sure that they are an IFA, uh, independent financial advisor, and then hopefully you'll come up with some good ones, ideally with a recommendation from another professional. But the important thing is to get independent advice because the mortgage market is a minefield. For those of you that already have mortgages, you probably already know that as of yesterday, the Bank of England yet again announced an interest rate rise of half a percentage point and not as much as was mooted. It was mooted that it might be three quarters of one percent. But this time around, it appears that they've gone for half a percent, although some on the Monetary Policy Committee wanted a larger rise. Um, th will this be the end of it? Will there be more rises? Probably. Uh, are we in for tough times ahead? Probably. Will the budget help? Probably. <laughs> I know, non-committal statements, because who knows in such an extraordinary economy. But I do know from past experience and from history that when the government does something to give a fillip or a boost to the property market, it underlines their commitment to the market as a whole, and that gives confidence to people. And the one thing that people look for above all else when buying property is market confidence. How confident do they feel? And obviously, people are not feeling as confident as they were, given the massive problems we have ahead, the financial backdrop looking quite so gloomy as it does. And the big problem this has given us is a lack of supply of property. Now, a couple of other things. Do you want to move in before Christmas? Now, if you're looking to move before Christmas, particularly if you have a leasehold property, the time you have left between now 
and the year end is really limited. And I say Christmas, most people see the end of the year as a kind of a, a turning point, a starting point or a finishing point for a property transaction. So people either want to be in for Christmas or they want to be in after Christmas. I very rarely advise that a property goes on the market in December for that very reason, because I find that the audience is smaller. And therefore, from our point of view, advising clients to try and get the best price, we want the biggest possible audience. And the audience does tail off, particularly as it gets cold and dark during the winter months. And December is the worst month of the year for that. Um, so if you're looking to get in before Christmas, particularly if you've got a leasehold property, because with leasehold properties, you do have the added issue of the managing agent inquiries, which can take some time to come through. If you want to get ahead of that, quick tip, call your managing agent if you're in a flat and ask what the cost is for their management inquiry pack and get that early. Get ahead of that. And then when you're asked for it after you found a buyer, then you can supply that right away rather than that being another logjam. Uh, but certainly leasehold properties, they do take a bit longer for the whole thing to go through. And given where we are now in September, the average property transaction from the day it's agreed is from 12 to 16 weeks. You can see why it's really tight now. So you really do need to get a wriggle on. If you're in a leasehold property, you might want to consider holding off until next spring. If you're in a freehold property, then there's still time for sure. But you do need to get a wriggle on, get on the market, preferably this month, which doesn't give you very long, given that we're 23rd of September today. Other than that, the next busiest time to hold off for would be next spring. Now, property news. The first headlines come from the BBC, Financial Times, Daily Telegraph and Times. It's amazing, isn't it? One journalist covers all those papers. The Bank of England has raised interest rates from 1.75% to 2.25% and indicate that Britain's economy is now in recession. A majority of the bank's nine member monetary policy committee voted to increase the key base rate by 0.5 percentage points, judging that the risks of inflationary pressures becoming entrenched outweighed the short term dangers to the economy. The central bank had previously expected the economy to grow between July and September, but it now believes it will shrink by 0.1 percent. The bank's seventh rate rise in a row takes borrowing costs to their highest level since 2008. And obviously our advice on that, if you currently have a mortgage and you're outside of a fixed rate period, is seek that financial advice and get on a fix as soon as you can, especially because we're probably looking at other interest rate rises in the future. What does it mean for homeowners? There's an next article in the standard. Homeowners with mortgages that deal directly that track the base rate will see their payments increase by around £49 per month on average, or almost £600 annually. Well, here in London, of course, that figure will be much more. UK finance figures also showed that a borrower sitting on their lender's standard variable rate will typically see a monthly increase of just under £31. Again, much higher here in London. Lenders are rushing to raise those rates as well. Uh, and this is according to the eye. Lenders have been quick off the mark to hike their rates following the Bank of England's rate setting decision, with brokers warning that deals are becoming more expensive by the day. While homeowners with tracker mortgages will feel the impact of rising rates immediately, both those seeking to remortgage and first time buyers will face far more expensive fixes after the bank base rate reached 2.25%. Mortgage brokers have warned borrowers that every lender has either already increased their standard variable rate or plans to do so in the coming days and weeks. An article from Your Mortgage, house prices have grown at 2.5 the pace of earnings in the last 30 years. They say that property prices have grown at more than twice the pace of earnings in the last 30 years, with house prices having increased more than 2.5 times the rate of annual salaries, growing 438% compared to just 160%, according to Finder. The price comparison site said that the 
growth jump has been more than four point times the rate of inflation, 4.5 times sorry, the rate of inflation. And it found that rental prices have increased by a comparatively small rate of 142 percent over the same 30 year period. It's not only that house prices have outpaced inflation, petrol prices have surged by 338 percent and stamps are 296 percent more expensive than they were in 92. The cost of a pint has also risen as well. Uh, don't we know it? Um, the regular is regulator is to introduce tenant satisfaction measures. This is more uh, on the Scottish side. Quarteng, Quarteng, I should say, says take tax cuts will break the cycle of stagnation. Well, let's hope so. Quasi Quarteng today announced that Britain must break the vicious cycle of stagnation as he outlines fifty billion pounds of tax cuts in his mini budget this morning. The Chancellor will present 30 measures intended to drive economic growth. They'll include the reversing of national insurance payments, freezing corporation tax and cutting stamp duty. It's a big gamble, isn't it, for the government and one that they're hoping will pay off. Only time will tell if it does. Of course, the other side of it is, does it fuel inflation? Possibly, which is why the Bank of England are being so cautious and raising rates when the economy is already in recession officially. Now, in terms of the market generally, the other thing that I wanted to cover with you was, should I buy, buy or should I sell first? I've got an email from John and he says, I'm thinking of buying and I'm not sure which way around to do it because I own a property and I don't want to leave that property until I find another one that is suitable. Well, John, this is a really common dilemma. And our advice, especially in a tight market like today where supply is limited, is that you need to be in a position to compete. It's what we call getting your ducks in a row before you go out there and start finding property that might be suitable for you. Now, I know that there's a chance that you could get your property under offer and then find that there's nothing for you to buy. So my advice is in this order, carry out these steps. Number one, is it affordable for you to move? You might want to consult with an independent financial advisor to make sure payments on a new property are affordable to you if you're moving up market. You might want to do the same actually if you're moving down market. So it's always a good idea to get advice from an independent financial advisor. Make sure you take into account costs such as the stamp duty, which hopefully will be good news for you following the announcement today. And of course, estate agency fees, solicitors fees and moving costs. But other than that, make sure, first of all, get a valuation on your property. Get a good feel for the agents. Make sure you're dealing with somebody that you feel in a state agency has your back. You know, you need to be with an agent that you feel is going to do their best to get you the best possible price. And this is something that we advise people on all the time, of course. And it's really, really important to have that feeling that the agent you're dealing with is definitely going to try their best to get you the best possible price whilst not lying to you on price in order to gain your instructions. Because some agents, as you probably know, will quote you a very high figure. But actually, the truth is the value is much lower. You need to read between the lines there and make sure that you know roughly what your property is worth. How do you do that? Well, these days there are many tools available, but it's a good idea to go on to Rightmove, put in your own postcode, search for properties and see how many are there like yours. See what's for sale like yours and what the prices are and include the button that says include under offer. And then you can see which ones are sold and how they compare or which ones are sold subject to contract. If you want to go one step further, then you can look at sold prices. There are many sites that will do that for you. Just Google sold house prices and put in your postcode and you should be able to return a group of results. Bear in mind with the sold house prices, the land registry data, that it does lag behind the real market. Zoopla also has an algorithm that will guess your house price. I have to say, though, it can be wildly inaccurate. So be careful of that one. It can be over by 100,000 or under in our experience.
but uh, the agents on the ground in your area, the ones that work in your area, particularly local professionals, will have more of a hands-on idea of exactly what your value is. Now, having determined that value, you should get it on the market so that you're in a position where you're getting offers through in a fairly short space of time by asking a, a relatively competitive price if you want to sell this year because the market is so time limited in my view with just a week to go in september and the market's starting to quieten down uh, you will find that the announcement today could reverse that and that will be fantastic news um, but it might be that it just sustains the market where it is now which is more likely in my view uh, as far as a good time to buy and sell is concerned well it depends what you're doing if you're coming out the market completely then you should time it as when it suits your family as much as anything else. Uh, if you're buying and selling, then, of course, it does depend on the supply of available property where you're looking. And that varies throughout the UK. So you need to understand whether the sort of thing that you can buy is A, in your budget and B, likely to be available when you go under offer. So the first thing to do is get those valuations from local estate agents. The second thing to do is then look in the area that you want to buy in. And a handy hint here is go to the road you really love in the area you'd really love to be and then dial that postcode into Rightmove. And you'll probably find that you get no returns because that's such a specific area. How you do that, by the way, is just find your favorite street in that area and then guess a road number, say number 20 Braemar Avenue, and then Google that 20 Braemar Avenue in Thornton Heath, and that will bring up a full postcode for you. Then dial that postcode, put that postcode into Rightmove, and you're centering your search on that particular and specific road. And then go a quarter of a mile around, a half a mile around, one mile around and put your price range in, include the sold properties so you can get an idea of what your money will buy you in the area you'd like to live in. And then your question to yourself should be, can I move question with my mortgage affordability, which I've checked with my broker, plus the equity I've built up in my property, which I've checked with my local estate agents? And if the answer is yes, then it could be a good time for you to move. Um, exciting stuff. But the most important thing in a market where the supply of property is limited that you sell first because you will be competing in this market with people that are first time buyers, sometimes with cash, certainly with large deposits or people that are already under offer sold and particularly people that are under offer. I think people underestimate how us agents feel about people that are already under offer. I particularly feel that when a client comes to us and they're under offer, they're highly motivated. They jump through a number of hoops to get this far and they don't want to let their buyer down. They don't want to let their agent down quite often and they don't want to let themselves down because they've committed to this move. So now they're out there, they're looking, they're going to buy a property. The only question is, is it the one that this particular agent's supplying? So agents will put you on the hot lists when you're under offer and you won't get on those lists if you're not under offer. And what that can mean is the difference between seeing properties and not because there are properties that are invisible to the wider market. We quite often get properties on the market which literally go live for a day or two, and then before you know it, they're gone. And even ones that don't come on the general market at all, don't go to Rightmove, don't go to Zoopla, because we've managed to find buyers before they hit the wider market and their sellers wanted a discrete sell, which is something we do quite often as well. So if you want to be one of those people that's offered those particular kinds of deals, you need to be in a position to take advantage. And that means selling first. So the answer to the old dilemma, should I buy or sell first is 100%. You should sell first. What does that mean if you don't find a property? Well, as long as you're honest and transparent with your buyers and your agent should be doing this for you and saying, look, cards on the table, we haven't found anywhere to go yet. Um, then your agent should be reflecting that across to the buyers or you should be reflecting that across to the buyers. And most buyers get that. 
and they will wait for you. How long will they wait is the next question I always get asked. And this does depend on the buyer's circumstances, how much they love your house and how much supply there is of similar houses in your area that might have vacant possession. The answer to the question of how many houses of vacant possession are there on your road is generally not very many. And so they will be tempted to hold on for you, but they also need to know that you're committed to the move. Well, how will they know that? Well, they'll only know that when you find a house and you need to keep them updated via your agent as to where you're at, when you're viewing, where you're viewing, how many you've got to view. So they know the likelihood of you finding. Most buyers will wait two to four weeks without any problem whatsoever to see whether you find a property you can make an offer on. Some will wait for three to four months, but the majority will be off after four to six weeks. So you do need to think, number one, is there the supply of property out there that I'm looking for? Because if there's not, then if you get under offer, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? You're going to give up, right? So the important thing is, number one, get under offer at the time that is right for you. And when is the time that's right for you? Only you can decide that. But there are a couple of critical markets in the UK. The biggest one is the spring market. Why spring? Well, because the weather's a little bit more uh, mild and temperate. So people, families particularly are more likely to come out and view. And the whole year feels like it's ahead of you. The market in the springtime tends to bring a lot more buyers out and a lot more sellers out because the market is busy then and tends to stay busy from March right the way through until June. Why June? Because July, August tends to be the peak holiday period. Families go away. And in our area, particularly here in southwest London, we find that when the families are away, a large swathe of the market that we rely on to sell houses to is not around. So if you want to make sure you get the best possible price, as I've said many times before, it's all about that funnel effect, trying to get cram as many buyers in the top as you can to squeeze the best price out of the bottom. That means the largest audience and the largest audience in the UK is usually in the springtime. Does that mean you shouldn't sell in September? No, not at all. September is what we call the mum's market. Children are back at school. Mum's got quiet time. And in our experience, it's not a sexist comment. It's just a fact the women tend to drive the search here in southwest London. It tends to be mum we get on the phone getting out to view the properties and organising the viewings for the weekend. And the most popular time for viewings, another question I get asked, and it's usually on Saturdays between 11 and 2, 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. Um, what we often say to our clients is, look, could you just give us a window of time between 11 in the morning and 2 in the afternoon where we can show your property and then we'll stage the viewings at set intervals. It's more convenient for the sellers and buyers know when the times are straight away because we've already confirmed it ahead of when they call. So we can say, yeah, we've got a slot on that one. Are you available? We can slot them in nicely and get them all lined up. And the seller, of course, doesn't want to have to clean their house up and make it look shiny and squeaky clean every day. Uh, so it works for the seller as well. But in terms of whether to buy or sell now, that's a very personal decision and depends on your personal circumstances. Something we've chat through with people a lot. Sometimes we go and see people and end up saying, you know what, maybe now's not the right time. Next spring might be right for you. And sometimes we say absolutely now's the right time. Um, so it really depends on personal circumstances. Why are people selling right now? Well, these days, sadly, it's quite often death. Um, you know, people with the pandemic still with us and with an aging population, we're quite often dealing with probates. If you are buying a property that is in probate, you do need to bear in mind that that will slow things down if probate is not granted. So I would suggest to you buyers out there that if you're looking at a property that is the result of an estate and the person has passed away, then the question you should be asking is, do they have the grant of probate? And if not, when do they expect it? Because this can be a massive holdup 
It could hold you up by months and for a complex estate, even longer, uh, six months to a year even. So you need to understand where they're at with the probate, how li likely that is to come through and when, if it's a, an estate of, of someone deceased. And of course, the other two Ds, we've got death, debt and divorce. Uh, some people are selling because they can no longer afford their loans, as you will know. Loans are going through the roof right now, uh, and this is a real struggle for some people. Some people will need to sell up. I have to say the level of debt so far we're experiencing in terms of repossessions is still very, very small. This may change with a constant increasing interest rates, but at the moment we're seeing a very small number of repossessions relative to where we were in the last recession, uh, and long may it continue. And I think that's largely due to the fact that back in 2007-9 recession, the banks tightened up their criterion and made us all use larger deposits and made sure that things were affordable through stress testing up to higher interest rates. Therefore, people that are borrowing now do have the capability largely to fund the extra interest rate payments. But for those that don't and go into debt, they will sell, perhaps rationalize, go to something smaller, something more energy efficient is something that's coming up a lot now with older people. We're finding uh, energy bills being such a big part of the mix now where there was such a small part before. They're now for retirees, particularly their biggest spend. And so this is one reason why retirees particularly are considering moving the debt position in terms of not necessarily debt, but also having larger bills and a large house they're rattling around and don't necessarily need. Um, we're interested to see what the Chancellor says today. I was hoping for and still do hope for some sort of relief for pensioners so that if um, an older person does think about selling their family home, they don't end up reversing that thought because they think, well, in the end, by the time I've paid stamp duty, does the move make any sense? Whereas if the government were to incentivize older people to move, i.e. people over 65 not having to pay stamp duty on new purchases, this could have a massive effect on that end of the market. And why that would be good is because it would free up those very family homes that are much needed to the market where we're lacking stock in that direction at the moment. As far as the market's concerned, still busy. There's still an undersupply of property. It's not as fly away as it was. And there's certainly confidence isn't quite as high as it was. But the budget today may change that. Watch this space. We will be reporting to you on our thoughts on the budget shortly. As soon as it comes out, we'll be assessing it, looking at it from various angles. We've also got an energy expert coming on the show to talk to you more about how you can possibly reduce those bills and maximize the energy efficiency of your home and minimize, most importantly, those bills, because we love to do that here at the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. We know that the energy mix is so important to people right now. So thanks very much for listening this week. We'll be back next week with another edition. Until then, stay safe, look after yourselves, and if you can, your family and friends. Thank you so much for joining us on yet another edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. You can find out more at our website, jamesalexander.com. You can email me directly, ken at jamesalexander.com. We are estate agents and we can give you hints, tips, tricks and advice wherever you're buying, selling, moving to or from. Thanks to Ben Sounds for the intro and outro today and thanks to Jack Bowles for production. 